louder than me, it seems like. Even even visually, it looks like. But now we look pretty evenly matched. Okay. So All right. it might be good. Odd. Yeah. I, I, I will continue to look into it. This uh this saga yeah. is not over. <laughs> Maybe we'll figure it out by the time we're doing our next podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe the time we'll figure it out by the time, uh, A, we're done with Curb Your Enthusiasm, and B, I finally switch over to the Curb Your Enthusiasm artwork on the RSS feed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that'll happen at some point, maybe by the end of season three. Yeah, season three of the next thing. Season yeah, three of Big yeah. Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah. Season, season three of uh, Yes, Dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to find out what we we decide. No, 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 yesing, no deering. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't. Um, yeah, we we'd have to change the name. I think of the. Honestly, nah. You know, no. with with Paramount Plus, Yes Dear was a CBS show. I'm really surprised they don't have Yes Dear on Paramount Plus. Yeah, it's really weird when, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, it's really weird when something not that popular is not streaming, because <laughs> there shouldn't be any fight over the rights, it should just be uh, another feather in your content cap, so you can right? say, oh, we have 500 shows, yeah, like 400 of them are shit, <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, but absolutely. at least, yeah, but at least 100 of them, you know, but they're up there. So someone can watch like some forgotten sitcom from back in the day, it cannot cost you very much money. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we talked about this a, a long, long time ago. All the episodes are on YouTube in yeah. uh, maybe, and this is a stretch, maybe 480p. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. You can't see any of Mike O'Malley's receding hairline. No, oh. no. No, he's always wearing he's always wearing a hat <laughs> oh. in every, every single episode. I didn't know that. <laughs> he seems like a hat dad. I mean, yeah. that, that fits his character. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we uh, I don't want to bury the lead but we were, because we were talking about technical issues, but we're on the 200th episode. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big old, big old milestone. Yeah. I've never <laughs> had a podcast that made it 200 episodes. Uh, I've only had two podcasts, but still. <laughs> still the first one shut down around 140-something. So, oh, man. Yeah. You guys made it pretty far, though. We did. We did. And it's just because I moved and, and stuff like this didn't I don't think really, really exist. Yeah. Nah. I mean, it existed like in beta stages, uh, like prior to the pandemic, and then like right as the pandemic. Maybe it was like fully operational. It's just no one was using this shit prior yeah. to 2020. All of the remote podcasts that I knew about were recording one part of a Skype call. So like four people would be on a Skype call or whatever, and <laughs> you'd both be recording it locally and then hope it matches up later on. Yeah, they, um, they would always have a, a producer who's definitely not getting paid enough yeah. to sit and listen to that entire show and try and piece together and line up four tracks of audio to each other. <laughs> Someone's yeah. always going to be out of sync. It's It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's impossible. But and we don't even use Zencaster's, you know, producing bot or whatever it is, you know, where where they'll produce it for you. But it's still, I think, a lot easier. Oh yeah, it, it's a it's a lot easier to do it yourself. Because it all just matches up. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you have the control over it. Yeah, but we don't have anything special for episode two hundred. Um, ah, I, damn I, it! We really we, dropped the ball on that, didn't we? We might make it to <laughs> three hundred. Maybe we can. Maybe we can start planning for episode three hundred. <laughs> What in uh, another? An, honestly, another two years, we're gonna be done with Curb. Oh, you were not gonna. I was trying to do my do the math of how many episodes of Curb there are. I mean, well, it technically is still going on. So, well, yes, but but there's only not, like we, sixty we be, more episodes or yeah, something. We will be completely caught up because epi- season eleven just uh, wrapped or not wrapped, just uh, finished airing, and yeah. then I think they got renewed for season twelve. Is that right, or was it ten and eleven that I'm thinking? I think it's 10 and 11 because for okay. some reason it made news again when they were like, Curb's coming back. And even there was a new quote from Larry David. And I was like, we already knew this, didn't we? <laughs> so, I mean, if they're doing 10 episodes per season, we're at the end of season three. We've got yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's 70 more episodes. Yeah. And then another uh, 10 would be 80. 
So, okay. all right, we're we're uh, up to to two eighty with uh, the season that has not been filmed yet. We gotta we gotta hope they just <laughs> go two more seasons. <laughs> oh fuck! And we're we're just gonna have to like we're just gonna have to like start doing movies and uh, and uh, uh, I I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about the Seinfeld porn parody or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll divide up that into like four different episodes. We'll do a deep deep dive on it. I mean, there's comedians in cars. I've thought about that. I mean, there's plenty of those, and they're less... I think they would be a lot more like our movie review episodes because they're less... They're not a story structure. It's just an interview. So, you know, we'd get on, talk about what we thought was funny, talk about whatever, and then they'd be done. I doubt they'd be an hour, but you never know. (laughs) That's true. I feel like we would have to bring someone into the fold who knows cars, you know? Because, I mean, that's a big... That's a big central part of the show. Is that Jerry does like a five minute monologue about like the history of this car? I did not know that. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, really? You've never seen an episode of Comedians no. in Cars? Oh no. my god, dude! <laughs> <laughs> never. I've I've seen two. I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You've seen uh, still two more than. <laughs> uh, it's I was it's not double, but it's something. Well, I think five minutes about the car is all I would need to know about it. I don't think I would want a car person to come on and actually talk about the car because I have zero interest in that. My interest yeah, in the show are yeah, you're right. comedy, coffee, and cars in that order. That's that's <laughs> what I'm interested in. Man, if only uh, there was like a perfect mix of comedians in cars getting coffee and diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> comedians in cars getting coffee at diners, drive-ins, and dives. He should have Guy... They should have a crossover with Guy Fieri. <laughs> I mean, oh, he's man. a comedian. He's kind of funny. He's not a stand-up. He's not your typical. He didn't get into it the the typical way, but I mean, he aims to be funny. It doesn't. It doesn't always work. Um, I, I wonder always, if uh, yeah. he's ever been on the show. Oh, Jerry on diners or oh no, <laughs> guy on, guy, guy I mean, on guy comedians. On comedians. I doubt man, it. Doesn't doesn't look like it. I don't see Jerry giving him the bona fides. You know, Jerry going, this man is a comedian. Like, no, he's a food show host. I I feel like Jerry thinks he's well above having Guy on the show. That's just my judgment of Jerry. All right, should we just get going? Might as well, yeah. All right, (laughs) welcome to the 200th episode of No Hugging, No Learning. Woo! Now, now is where we uh, we're gonna insert the sound effects of uh, our our noisemakers and <laughs> our confetti cans. So, okay, okay, future Ted, this is where you put that. <laughs> it's a show about one thing: watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today, we will be talking about Season 3, Episode 6, The Special Section. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? I actually know this time, because I did the homework, uh, the terrorist (laughs) attack. By the way, just before we get started, because I said it's the 200th episode, but we've probably... Do you think we've done 300 counting everything? Like our Patreons, the mini bonus episodes? Maybe not the BS. No, no. No, we're not even 300. Maybe not 300. But it's I mean, way more than two hundred. Uh, I'd say I'd say it's maybe like two twenty. We've only mm-hmm. had Patreon for a year. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But it's definitely, but it's more than two hundred. But this is the two hundredth episode of our normal, it, yeah, regularly it's, it's scheduled two uh, hundredth main uh, main show, the, the yeah. flagship show. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it because we've even had stuff in Maine, <laughs> like our mini bonus life episodes, whatever those yeah. were. Yeah, I, know, I the, would say we're at like two twenty, two twenty five ish era yeah. area. I'll agree with that. But uh but yeah, 200 flagship shows. Uh so what's the, what is the deal with stuff from the terrorist attack? Larry sings a little advertising jingle when Cheryl says, "I hope you're happy with the money you cost the NRDC tonight because he's uh, spread the rumor about the terrorist attack. Everybody left town, nobody showed up to the benefit." Which you know what? I mean I would think that the NRDC would still make that money. If you cancel, you're not getting oh, your tickets yeah. back from a charity event. No, right? absolutely not. Like, yeah. I'm guessing they bought their tickets in advance, right? It's not I would like think a, so. it's not a cash operation at the door. Yeah, because then it would be like Alanis Morissette's having a concert and everyone everyone come and it's, it just happens to be five hundred dollars, but literally everyone's invited or whatever. 
you know, but this seemed like an invite only thing. Yeah, when it, they were planning it, it later, they were inviting people. Yeah, it, it seems like a thing that they would need to have money up front to pay Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Yeah, and, and not she's and doing not just say, a... "Hey, yeah, we'll give you X percent of how many people show up." Yeah, unless she's doing it as a charity gig. I don't know what mm. I don't know what the deal with those are when when artists play, you know, charity gigs where they're getting paid for it or whether or they're not. Um, I guess it depends on how good of a person you are. I see Alanis Morissette. You know, she got really into, I feel like Eastern religion at a certain point, and and that holistic sort of living. I feel like mm. she might have just been donating her time, but but I don't know. Um, but then again, I don't know how these rich people benefits work. Maybe it's like, hey, Alanis Morissette is playing our house. We are raising money for the NRDC. So, you know, if you want to give something there, it's a it's free to come to our house. We're inviting you to our party, but you know we'd like a little donation or something, you know, maybe yeah, they pass around yeah. an offering plate like a church or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just filled with hundreds. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how it works. Neither one of us have been invited to a benefit with the hoi polloi of Los Angeles, especially, but all that being said, <laughs> if I could steal Ted's line uh, to say, he's sorry. Larry sings this little advertising jingle that goes N E S T L E S. Nestle makes the very best. Sorry. And then he closes his mouth with a force that I cannot believe did not shatter all of his teeth. <laughs> when I went back and watched it, I was like, that sounds like somebody hit a clapboard to start the scene. Oh, God. Or, or like, yeah, or, or just slammed two pieces of like two two by fours together. Uh, it was definitely in post prod. I don't know why he does that. Why does he sing it? What the hell is this song? Let me start with the second question first. The, the hell this song is, is N-E-S-T-L-E-S, Nestle Makes the Very Best, a jingle written by legendary ad man, I found out, Lloyd Landisman. He mm. also wrote Bud Man for Budweiser, uh, which was kind of like a Born to be Wild style parody, but it was like, I'm a Bud Man. Dan -it -da -dan -it -da -dan. <laughs> um, it was very big when I was growing up on TV. Proud to be your Bud. He wrote a Dr. Pepper jingle that was very big. Here's the next two that I'm amazed by. He did the CBS college football theme, which is still in no use today, I way. believe. Yeah. No way. And he wrote, every kiss begins with K. Holy shit. I wow. know. Okay. Even I just know. those last two. Those last two are enough to hang your hat on for a career. <laughs> exactly. When I found out he wrote, I mean, every kiss begins with K just seems like one of those that is just in Genesis of the Bible. Yeah, it's like God yeah. and God said every kiss begins with K. It's like wow, that has been here forever. Is the <laughs> is the CBS college football one? Is that the Because when I heard when I, when I heard it, I knew what it was. But but uh -huh. all of those fan all of those sports fanfare sound exactly <laughs> the same. All right, I'll play it through my phone. Here we go. Oh, wait, hang on. I'm, oh, my God. I just blasted it downstairs. Jeez. I'm connected to my Google speaker. Oh, no, Tim. Oh, Sorry, no. everybody. Hang on. All right, I'm switching. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they are ready for some football down there. All right, here we go. All right, let me start it over. Is that what you were thinking of? I think that's that is it, right? Not, that is not oh. the one I'm thinking of. I don't know what the one I'm thinking of is. I've heard that one, though. You know what? I think I might be thinking of Monday Night Football. Well, I thought Monday Night Football was... Da -da 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 Maybe I'm thinking of Sunday Night Football. Could be. Let me see. Because okay. one of them always sounded like... The one I just sang always reminds me of... Sleigh Ride. It's a total ripoff of Sleigh Ride. <laughs> da -da 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 Let's look at the show. We're riding in a wonderland of football. Okay, here's the here's the Sunday night football one. Ah. <laughs> uh. Okay, this is definitely yeah, the one I'm thinking. That's the one of. you're thinking of. <laughs> I like big asses, or whatever that song was. That... <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the I song mean, that we were singing? Then, what? Oh, uh, oh, the wrestling ass man? song. Ass man. There you go. I'm an <laughs> ass man. They all sound like. Bow, bow. 
They all sound like Ass Man, too. I, I mean, none of these compare to uh, Round Ball Rock, the, the original oh, Round yeah. Ball Rock. Oh, yeah. da 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 Give me the ball because I'm going to dunk it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but but which was written by John Tesh as as that sketch that we're referencing uh, educated everybody to knowing. But I knew that before <laughs> that sketch just because I was on radio stations that ran John Tesh and it was a storied <laughs> tale in the halls that he wrote that song. <laughs> but anyway, this guy obviously was was a big deal and and this ad was a big deal. So it was for a Nestle commercial, obviously for a, a candy bar called Alpine White. Okay. And it's a, it was a white chocolate bar embedded with almonds, launched in 1986. The name of the commercial was Sweet Dreams. And the ad, camp, the ad company was a very big one. I forget the name of it. It's like J. Michaels Consulting or something like that. And they're actually the ad, uh, the ad firm also behind I'm a Toys R Us kid. So giant mm. ad firm and giant ad jingle man came together and wrote this jingle for this uh, commercial called Sweet Dreams. And they were like, hey, we just want – they wanted to license Sweet Dreams – but back in the 80s, like, nobody actually licensed. These days, it's almost like the, a commercial has to have a song that you know already. Or if, or at least from a band. Like, it's not considered selling out anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's like, yeah. oh, Wilco's got a song <laughs> in the new Volkswagen commercial. It's like, yeah, that that seems right. Like, oh, Spoon did the new Chipotle commercial. Like, yep, that that's fine. We're not mad at that. Uh, <laughs> but back in the 80s, it would have been selling out. And so they're like, we just want something that sounds like Sweet Dreams. And so Lloyd Landisman wrote this a little jingle. Uh, it was his first one, and obviously it led to a 33-year career, uh, and he is still making music, by the way. He's like a prog rock kind of guy, so uh, he Hell just yeah. came out with a CD not too long ago. So look up Larry Landisman. First of all, that song is on his Spotify, the CBS uh, College football theme song, but also his new album, so check out Lloyd Landisman. Uh, and he must be from Pennsylvania because I don't know where he's from, but he did the very Western PA thing of adding an S to a brand that does not have it because when i was listening oh to the song God. nestle's uh, yeah yeah nestle's <laughs> i'm like why why did they let him do that yeah like how on earth how did this get approved like yeah like because everybody in, in western pa is like oh let's go to john eagles let's go to aldi's oh let's, let's go let's, to... let's go to sheets's <laughs> yeah. even one that ends in yeah. in, in a, a substitute for an s let's go to yeah. sheets's uh, and so, because when, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, it's probably N-E-S-T-L-E. Yes, Nestle makes the very best. But I couldn't find anybody that agreed with that reading of it. And I'm like, wow, I guess it's because the word Nestle is all over the commercial. And you can clearly see it does not have an S at the end. So I'm like, why did they let him go N-E-S-T-L-E-S? Like, oh, Because <laughs> he really hits that last S, too. Yeah, yeah. The candy bar was discontinued in 1993. Uh, so that's all I know about the commercial. It, and it, so why did Larry say it? Who the fuck knows? That I could not figure out. Nobody has any theories that I was able to find online. May, here's my theory. Maybe because of the closeness between NRDC and N-E-S-T-L-E-S, obviously. But Literally no one but Larry would pick up on that. Because how many times through... Two and a half seasons so far? <laughs> Have we heard the initials NRDC, and this is the first time this is being brought up? Yeah, and it's such a non and it's still a non sequitur. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I've, I never made the connection. NRD, uh, like, I had to sit and think about it for a long time, like, why he did this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I listened to several versions of this song. They kept going back to this oh my jingle. God. In fact, it, it, it transcended the Alpine White brand and they started using it for their whole line uh, really but, but none i was like well maybe there is like a slow dirgy version that they used um i don't know during funeral season <laughs> or something that sounds like but no what larry would have been singing yeah none of them sound like none of them have the tune that he used none of them have a long sorry type note at the end i don't i it, don't it, it, it's something that you would find on like tiktok in <laughs> 2022 if that jingle was still a thing it's like i in the the uh jesse voice on tiktok i wrote the nestle jingle in a minor key <laughs> I do want to shout out to food22.com and the found footage festival for uh, the information about 
this Nestle commercial and the found footage festival actually has a little interview with Larry Landisman about this ad campaign. So if you are interested, <laughs> it is up on YouTube and so are all the commercials. Staying in 90s music category, sort of, you ought to know the Alanis Morissette song factors heavily into the terrorist attack episode because Larry says he will get out of Alanis Morissette who the song is about because people like to tell him secrets. They confide in him. So who is it about? Well, Alanis Morissette still has never publicly identified anyone as the actual ex-boyfriend portrayed Mm. in the song. In 2008, she said, I've talked about who my, uh, I've never talked about who my songs are about, and I won't, because when I write them, they're written for the sake of my personal expression. So with all due respect to whoever may see themselves in my songs, and it happens all the time, I never really comment on it because I write these songs for myself, <laughs> not other people. Yeah. It's always interesting when artists say stuff like that because, like, well, then why do you release them? You know, it's like, why, why do you have to put them out there in the world if they're just for you? Like, obviously, people get stuff out of them. It's just, uh, it's maybe I guess the song is for everybody. The story is not, and you can you can read into it however you want and apply it to your life. I don't know. It is it is always just a weird sentiment to me when when people say that. Well, she, she's basically saying like, well, no, th- this is this is for me. It, it's a very it's a very uh, delicate explanation. Oh, okay, so don't release it. Well, no, I need to make money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's the C- the CD underbelly that some artists can't admit to themselves. Like it's always weird when. They have that, like, uh, personality that's like, oh, I, I can't be on stage. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm embarrassed about these songs. I'm like, well, yeah, but you're also rich because of them. And I don't know. It's a weird dichotomy that I can't reconcile in my head. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe uh, these artists can. <laughs> obviously, obviously they can. But in comments made on different occasions, actor-comedian Dave Coulier has admitted and denied being the subject of the song. Most mm. recently, in a SiriusXM interview in July of 2022, he said it was about him. In 97, the Boston Herald reported that Coulier admitted the lines are very close to home, especially the one about an older version of me and bugging him <laughs> in the middle of dinner. People remember that line a lot. I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner. Oh, uh, God. Coul- yeah, and even Coulier's former television co-star Bob Saget said in one interview that he was present when Morissette made that call during dinner. But (laughs) that's probably just Bob Saget, you know, bullshitting, as he always did. (laughs) Yeah. In the 2021 documentary, Jagged Little... uh, I'm sorry, the 2021 documentary was called Jagged. Alanis Morissette denied the song is about Dave Coulier. So who knows? The Morissette-Coulier romance started in 92 when she was 18 and he was 33. Not creepy. Uh, Very Seinfeldian. Yeah. (laughs) I they think broke. Jerry was worse, though. I think Jerry was, what, 37 and she was 17? Something that like it? that. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh>, Jerry. <laughs> they broke up in 94, two years later, and Morissette's album came out one year after that split. Other celebrities have been rumored to be the lover in the song, including Mike Peluso, a hockey player for the New Jersey Devils, Matt LeBlanc, the actor who appeared in the video for Alanis Morissette's single Walk Away in 1991, and Leslie Howe, a musician and the producer of Morissette's first two albums in the early 90s, which one of the, I believe, the female broadie, what's her name, uh, Sue or something like that? I believe she's she's the one who said I heard it was about her producer, but uh, I don't remember. So we don't know. We don't know who it's about. So that's all the homework we had. What about some trivia and tidbits from the episode? I didn't even think to look this up, but it's out there. The character of Mindy Reiser... Wife and comedian, uh, wife of comedian oh, yeah. Paul Reiser, complete fictionalization. Oh my <laughs> That's god, that's not his really? wife at all. Yeah, it's just an actress. <laughs> Paul Reiser's been married to this is kind of funny to me. He's married to someone named Paula. Paul and oh. Paula. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say, oh, he's married to someone named Cindy. <laughs> Cindy and Mindy, yeah. But I think <laughs> Paul and Paula is a weird real life couple name to be. That's, that's real weird. It's like, uh, it's like a uh, Taylor Lautner marrying Taylor Lautner, <laughs> or marrying yeah. a, a woman named Taylor, and she's taking his last name, so she will be Taylor Lautner. Yeah, that's the only way. If her name was Paula Riser, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> and she's still, yeah, Taylor. I, I thought that Taylor, and she was, and and it, it's a it's a news story when it comes out. Like, yeah, her name will be Taylor Lautner. <laughs> it's like he doesn't get why people find that interesting. 
but yeah, they've been married since 1988. They're still married to this day, Paul and Paula. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, congrats. Uh, the actress who plays Mindy Reiser is Linda Bates. She is married to someone in the entertainment industry, Robert B. Weedy, the director of oh my most God. episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, wow. and they're still married as far as I could tell. Yeah, so pretty interesting there. That is all the trivia. Let us consult the book. Please rise. We get no trivia and tidbits from the book. We only get what they were thinking. <laughs> okay. Cheryl, Cheryl Hines said, everybody wanted to know what Alanis Morissette was whispering in Larry's ear, but he wouldn't tell anybody. We were like, did she tell you a name? And he was like, you don't get, you don't need to know that. We all had our theories about her song. <laughs> I'd heard it was about Bob Saget. Well, that'd be really interesting. Oh, my God. I'd never heard that theory before. Maybe she meant Dave Coulier. <laughs> <laughs> Larry David said, if someone tells me not to say anything to someone, I will never say anything to anyone ever, including my wife. That's how I know I'm getting more boring as I get older. Oh, my God. <laughs> it doesn't spread gossip. The great Don Stark, who played Stu Brody, said, I'd be yelling at Larry and he'd start laughing and I'd go, what the fuck are you laughing at? And he'd say, I'm not used to people yelling at me. And I'd say, well, when you're worth $20 billion, a lot of people aren't going to express their anger to you on a regular basis. <laughs> Don Stark throwing it in his face. Jesus and Christ. Amy Aquino or Aquino, uh, who played Susan Brody, said, they don't tell you anything about the scene until it's about to shoot. And you don't open your mouth until the cameras are rolling. It's a tremendous show for actors to be able to use all these parts of your mind. And that is it. Mm, all right. Well, do we have any uh, news or anything? I feel like there was something. And I mean, it's uh, it's not like uh, the Queen was ever a guest on Curb <laughs> or Seinfeld. It, it's not like uh, it's not like there's any 9/11 episodes of Seinfeld or Curb. No, so no. I, I don't really think we need oh! to bring those up. I just remembered what it was. I, I always tweet about the news, and then I go through our Twitter at this time. Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> for Kith. Fall 2022. Oh, my God. Yeah, what was <laughs> up with this? Why? I mean, it's a friggin' legit ad campaign for the luxury <laughs> fashion house. Am I even saying it right? Kith? That seems so weird that there's a that there's clothing. I'm, I'm going clothing back brand to called Kith. Going back to the tweet now. Let me but find it. It's like streetwear hype beast Jerry Seinfeld uh, with new hair, by the way, everyone noticed that like he's sporting almost as big as a, of hair as he had. It's just gray now on Seinfeld, and they're like pointing out when he used to shave. You know, he's been shaving his head for the past twenty years, and you know that hairline is getting pretty far back there. But now all of a sudden, it's like luxurious and luscious. Um, but yeah, it's like you know, he's, I mean, he's wearing a hat in all of them. Well, there's there's more than just the four pictures that I tweeted, so. Um, if you scroll down to the one that I tweeted just a little bit, you'll see the one where he's in the full Queens College uh, jumpsuit and and jacket, and and you can see his hair, and it's like, what? Where did all that come from? Come on! Oh, 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 yeah! It's just all gray. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. I mean, yeah, whoever his guy is did a great job on it. Now I'm just wondering why he's been shaving his hair, the, shaving his head this whole time. It's sus. But yeah, he's in, you know, like grandpa style ball caps and flowery <laughs> jackets and, you know, the sneaker game is on point. And um, yeah, and the letter ja the Letterman jacket. Yeah, everyone uh, it kind of broke Seinfeld Twitter this week. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I would wear these outfits 100%. <laughs> I like the Queens College sweatshirts. I guess it's sort of like... So he went to Queens College, and it's sort of in partnership with that, with them in some way, I think. Yeah. The only thing I wouldn't wear in this is that Letterman jacket. I yeah. think that's ugly as fuck. Uh, everything else, I'm like, yeah, that's – it's exactly my style. <laughs> this, shop, this shop, Kith, they make ornate, flowery jackets, and the more ornate and flowery, the more expensive they are. They've got a jacket that's $2,000. God, this is an expensive know, line as far as I know. We, we started this show not able to do an episode without two Simpsons references. <laughs> yeah. Now we're not able to do any episodes without two I think you should leave references. It's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, he does. He doesn't look bad. He looks great, but it also is out of character for a sixty-year-old man, whatever he is now. It just like sixty-year-old men don't normally dress as streetwear hype beasts. So yeah, it uh, it it broke Seinfeld Twitter, like I said this week. So check them totally out and uh, buy buy some if you have the money, I guess. <laughs> but that's right, it as I far as news goes. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last. Oh boy, 34 minutes being almost exclusively bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com or at no hugging on Twitter. Both those links are down in the description uh, on Apple Podcasts, uh, or no, down in the description uh, for the episode or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. It really does help the show uh, more than you would think. If you like us a little bit more, you can join our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for just five bucks a month, you get every episode a week early. You get clipped content from every single episode just about and you get uh, between one and two extra exclusive movie reviews where just recently, I don't know what uh, the timeline on the release of this episode is going to be. I think it's going to be after our next one comes out that we haven't even recorded yet <laughs> uh, as, as we're recording this. Um, but, I mean, we, we started our exploration of the American sex comedy earlier this month, and we are starting to ramp up to spooky season with mm. killer clowns from outer space, Tim. Yeah. I've never I'm, seen it. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. Nope, I'm really excited. I've been, been looking for a reason to watch it. <laughs> it's been on my list for a million years, so yeah, I'm psyched. But uh, but yeah, that is, uh, as you're listening to this now, uh, maybe... I don't know, uh, but check over on the Patreon. Uh, I mean, you can preview what we've posted before you subscribe. That's that's definitely a thing. Um, but uh, patreon.com slash nohugging. Want to give a shout out to our people who are signed up over there. Uh, Tamara Ortiz, the boys over at the Idiotville podcast. Josh Steen, uh, John and Kathleen Murphy. Uh, Will Hall, <laughs> Danica Ligorio, Nick Kudla, Don Queso, Nathan Collins, and Megan Stolarski. Thank y'all. Thank you. And all that being said, season three, episode, you know what? I did it again because I copied <laughs> and pasted from my last uh, episode. I wrote season three, episode three. It is not. Eh. Season three, episode six, the special section, original air date, October 20th, 2002. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry receives bad news, but it offers him an excuse to turn down some unappealing invitations. It's a little wordy, but it's not bad. I don't hate it as much as I sometimes do. <laughs> uh, so we'll see if we can make it better at the end. We start on a rooftop in New York City with the skyline in the background. And Larry David has, uh, talk about a full head of hair on someone who hasn't had it in a while. Oh my he's got, God, yeah. <laughs> he's got tons of hair. He's got a mustache. And he is chewing out a bunch of mobster types. And then Martin Scorsese himself yells cut, and we find out that Larry David has a part in a Martin Scorsese movie. I want to see this movie. <laughs> he was doing a great job. Like, man, I'm like, this. I want to know what the hell happened. He's so mad at these guys for, and he's throwing money at them, and... You're sorry. You're sorry. Man, he was like selling. I'm, I'm sold yeah, like on was, Larry David doing a dramatic role like dudes. this. He was ready to throw one of the dudes over the uh, over the edge and yeah. down onto the street. It looks like, um, yeah. But that, that's when that's when Marty calls <laughs> hey, <cut> Marty, <laughs> and uh, he, he he wants Larry to get to the threat of violence earlier. Which Larry says, "Okay, can I pull Gino's <laughs> balls out of my pocket?" <laughs> yeah, he's sort of critiquing him about like what he could do better. Well, first of all, I like the he's like, oh, "I'm sorry, you know, I, I couldn't hear anything." <laughs> because and you know there was something wrong with the monitor, so I was over there yeah. and I didn't have my earphones. Yeah. And Larry's like, "Can you pay attention to the 
Can you pay attention to this take next time? I yeah, and I I loved Lair saying, "So cut it then." Yeah, and Marty's yeah, like, so "Well, no, you 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 were doing great." It was like, but you couldn't fucking hear me or see me. <laughs> Maybe it would How be d- a great take. I like that Marty just trusts the instincts of his crew <laughs> and actors in that way. But <laughs> well, um, I loved Larry's line to Martin to Martin Scorsese was. You know, because he's like, you know, I want you to add the threat of violence sooner. And Larry's, you know, suggesting stuff for that. And then he's like, do you even know what you're doing? <laughs> Asking Martin Scorsese. Yeah, my God. <laughs> that was hilarious. We, we, we do have Larry, like, throwing counterfeit bills. Or, or not 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 necessarily counterfeit bills, just bills, you know, because they're, they're movie, movie prop money. bills. Yeah, yeah, prop bills, yeah. Yeah, uh, at, uh, at all the people. And he's like, I-, I need more money. Every take, I'm running out of more – I'm running out of money. But yeah. – uh, it's um, it, it, it's a thing that they're touching on very early here. That's always been a trope, is that Martin Scorsese does so many takes. That was so funny too. That Larry, like, that I, I, they were I'm, able to play with that. Yeah, I'm, you know. I'm not in the film industry, and I know that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, how many more are we gonna do? And and Scorsese is like, we'll do two more. He's like, you shoot too much, Marty. You yeah. shoot too much. <laughs> Uh, and Larry walks over to talk to Cheryl, who's very excited that, you know, he, he's in this big, big movie. And uh, but his dad hasn't called. He's expecting a call back from his dad, who we know from the last episode has moved out to L.A. His parents have moved out to L.A. And I guess his mom is sick. And so we, and he hasn't heard anything. So he goes back to to shoot the next, uh, you know, to shoot the scene over again in a cab home from the airport back in L.A. Larry gets the cab to drop him off at his parents apartment their little condo that they have now uh there was a a solid address number on this condo but there was no street Ooh. so uh, i i could have looked up whatever it is 10 every single street in la until i found it but i didn't do that <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll see maybe we'll see another establishing shot later that'll give me a better idea um but that the, his dad's acting kind of squirrely and you know larry is sort of asking him what's going on and and where's mom and like well well she's not in the hospital anymore you know, we went to the hospital and yeah. she's not there anymore. I, I love his, his ex- explanation is like, oh, you know how people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? yeah. You know, I'm not going to be around forever. You're not going to be around forever. He hems and haws for what feels like five minutes. Yes. Until he finally just admits that his mom is dead. <laughs> that his <laughs> that wife, she, Larry's mom, is dead. She said not to bother you. The slow reveal was genius like when you start catching on to like what he actually means God, it was it. just genius the way they did this and yeah that she was like it was one of the last things she said if anything happens to me don't bother larry he's very busy he's in new york don't bother larry <laughs> <laughs> and, and not, not only do we learn that his mom is dead the funeral already happened the funeral was on monday i don't know what day this is supposed to be but the the dad is like reaching back in his memory. He's like, "Oh, let's see. The funeral was what on on Monday." I love. That. He almost says that as an aside, like, "Oh, when when did she die?" Let's see. The funeral's on Monday. He almost says it yeah. like under his breath. He's like, <laughs> "I missed the funeral too." <laughs> well, she said she didn't want to bother you. He keeps coming back to that. That is, and it was his wife's dying wish that Larry was not bothered by her death. Jesus Christ. Um, and then in walks in the great Richard Kind. I yes. love this guy. Oh, my God. Uh, um, he, he plays a, a guy named Andy. Is this supposed to be Larry's brother? Larry's cousin. Larry's yeah. cousin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cousin Andy is there. And he they're, they're both now raving about the funeral. Andy and, and Larry's oh dad. Both, yeah, oh, like, the rabbi you, spoke you like a, a friend. Yeah, he said, you missed a good one. I'm like, <laughs> was it? Was it a fucking movie or, yeah, or was it my mother's funeral? <laughs> yeah, and the, the the rabbi gave such a beautiful, like a friend, like a friend talking. And they have an argument about Larry being in New York and not calling Andy, because who lives in New York, who came from New York <laughs> to go to the funeral for his aunt. Yeah. And he's and, like, and well, it, I couldn't see you. I was busy. He's like, you still call? He's like, what's the difference? I can call you when I'm in L.A. Yeah. He's like, it would be nice to hear your voice. And I... You know what? It's not often that I side with Larry on this. I'm 100% with him on this. Because, like, if you're not going to see the person, what what is the point of calling? If you have yeah. no time, no plans to go and see the person, don't ma- make the point and say, hey, I'm in town. On the flip side, I 
would like to hear ahead of time that you're too busy or that they're, that you're in town for something else or whatever, like, you know, cause I'll make time to go see somebody if they're even, you know, within a reasonable driving distance of like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, at this, at whatever, like, and it's kind of a haul from you. I might have yeah. 30 minutes for lunch. Like, Oh great. I'll carve some time out for that. 30 minutes is great. Whatever. But it doesn't have to be a call. I don't know. It's like, Hey, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, like, because I'm going to see pictures, you know, like I'm yeah. going to see, see social media that's like, oh, I'm, I'm coming to town for this thing. But, um, here, you know, here, and I know we're close my... friends, but it's really not a it's really yeah. not a friend visit or whatever. Here's here's my thing on that. If uh, when we were in Erie and we had like friends or family come up to like the beach or come up to Waldemere, I, I always just assumed of like, OK, if we don't hear anything from them. They have a full day planned already, you know? They're doing probably the beach, they're probably going to dinner, the kids are going to get tired, and they're going to go home, you know? Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't need any extra, like, stimulation with, with Uncle Teddy or, or, or Aunt Grace, you know? Yeah. It, it's totally fine by us. Like, yes, would we, would we love to, like, go hang out and go see, uh, like, nieces, nephews, uh, family members? Yes, absolutely. But I'm not going to get hung up on it and, like, hold a grudge over it. Yeah. If I'm in town and I don't see anybody, that's fine. But it's I, I, it's on the person coming to town, too. Like, yeah. 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 Um, you just have to make it known. And and here's my uh, – our like, Sarah and my policy on that now is, like, <laughs> you have to come to us. Like, we, you have mm, to – we're not yeah. going to go around and see everybody. We'll tell you where we're going to be. And then you show up there if you want, you know. That's uh, that's basically how we are now with going back to Pennsylvania. Like yeah. we we did the week ish, yeah, back there for my Graham's party, and we we flew into Pittsburgh immediately, drove to Erie, and all, you didn't all call? of our friends. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we drove back to Erie, where two of our friends still live, but. Uh, one of them has since moved to Rochester, is back in Erie now, well, Edinburgh, for, for school for one more year. And then one of them uh, lives in Pittsburgh. One of them lives in Cleveland. And, you know, it. all of those are within driving distance of yeah. Erie. And we said, hey, we're flying in. We're going to be in Erie these dates. And without saying this, it was heavily, heavily implied if y'all want to see us, you yeah. have to come see us. We're already flying across the country. Yeah. Ma ma make some effort on your part. And we can't go to six different yeah. places. Yeah. Especially when there's family involved, like you and Erie and like us in Virginia. Like when we do happen to see Virginia people, it's always like, look, we're going to this restaurant. Our family's going to be there. But if you want to show up and hang out for a little bit and people have, they're like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll come and sit down and, you know, whatever, have a drink and then you know, after you yeah, guys are done yeah. with dinner or whatever, you know, it's like that, that'll happen. Uh, but yeah. that's the way it's gotta be. It's like, we, here's, here's where we're going to be. Here's our itinerary. You show up at any one of these places, we will be there and we'll be glad mm -hmm. to see you. The final thing, the final button on this scene is that Larry's looking through the guest book at all the people who I guess came out to LA. That's a crazy thing. Like a week after his parents move their life, you got to imagine yeah. they still lived in New York <laughs> to LA the mom dies and everybody comes out for it. I guess all yeah. their friends are just like super rich and can get, <laughs> you know, plane tickets and no problem. Like from New York to L.A. and at the drop of a hat. But the guest book is totally full. And one of the one of the comments Larry reads is, where's Larry? Yeah, it, what, it was it said exactly. Beautiful service. Sorry for your loss. Where is Larry? <laughs> where's Larry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah people would notice if your son's not there <laughs> just insanity so at home cheryl is running over a list of messages that larry got and i guess you know when when they were on their little trip now they're they're checking their messages and cheryl's like oh some like some old acquaintance larry hasn't seen in five years all of a sudden wants yeah. to meet for lunch michael adler was the yeah. name and somebody's bought mitzvah they have to go to uh, the Mandels, we're going to meet them for dinner on Saturday. And Larry is like, no, no, cancel that. We're not, we're definitely not meeting <laughs> up with the Mandels. And Cheryl calls and explains that Larry's mom passed away. And when she does that, Larry like perks up and it totally works. She's like, oh yeah, of course they completely understood. And Larry then <laughs> starts rattling off calls to cancel the lunch with that Michael guy. Uh, not going to be able to make it to the bat mitzvah. Um, 
I loved at the end of the bat mitzvah call, he goes, and you as well, darling. Yeah, <laughs> like, my God. I want to know who he was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> who he called darling. Uh, yeah, so Larry is ecstatic now that he... Yeah, he, he, he's got an excuse where perfect he doesn't excuse. have to do anything. <laughs> uh, at a valet stand with Richard Lewis, he asks how Larry got into this Scorsese movie. And Larry says that Martin Scorsese saw him fighting with an audience member years ago from the stage, like chewing him out, uh, and remembered it all these years ago and wanted him to play this like Jewish gangster. And you can tell that Richard Lewis is very, like, uh, what's the word for the feeling? Jealous? That, yeah, jealous, I guess. So, like, it should be him in this Martin Scorsese movie because he's, you know, he's been Mr. New York and everything. and. <laughs> uh, he would be perfect for the role too, but he's like, no, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. And so Richard tells Larry that he's going to, he wants to start calming down. So he's going to start meditating. And Larry said he used to do that years ago. He was into it and he tells him how it's done. You know, you get a mantra and you just repeat it over and over again. And his was Jaya, Jaya. And Richard Lewis, you know, I kind of asked if he can use the mantra and, you know, I, I'm almost certain that Especially in TM, you're not supposed to tell anybody your mantra. Hmm. Um, so this would be a huge faux pas to share a mantra like this. Uh, Interesting. I I didn't yeah. even think of that. It's, it's, I, I it's given like, to oh, you, yeah, by some TM yogi or whatever, and then you're yeah, and then you're supposed to keep it to yourself and not tell anybody. What is what is TM? Transcendental meditation. Ooh. That's the one that everybody is out into, like out in LA. As far as I know, when they say meditation, this is the kind that they mean. That like David Lynch is a big, big time proponent of, and stuff like that. And it costs like supposedly like a shit ton of money to get started too, which is probably the only reason why it's like a big LA thing because it's like a status symbol. You know, it's like if you can do it, yeah, then you then you can afford to have bought your mantra or whatever. Um, but I think some people are like trying to make it free because they believe in its you know actual uh, benefits, but. I think when it initially got started, it was like, yes, you can pay me a million dollars and I'll tell you a word to repeat for 30 minutes. Yeah, get a, get rid of the classist structure in, yes. in transcendental meditation. Yeah. Uh, Larry does run into Ed Wendell, who he sees him walk out of a store and he's like, oh, Richard, this guy's going to want to do a stop and chat. You got to stick around. And Richard Lewis is like, oh, sorry, I got to go. As a little joke on Larry. <laughs> and Larry drops right away after Ed starts like just rattling off this inane small talk. He says that his mother died and he needs <laughs> to be alone with his thoughts. And that ends the conversation immediately. <laughs> yeah, Ed, Ed's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you alone. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And just, just walks away. Yeah, he did it. This is amazing. Larry has discovered something. In a graveyard later... Larry is looking for his mom's grave, and he runs across a gravedigger who says that it was moved to a special section. And Larry's like, what do you mean? He's like, I think you should talk to the general manager. So Larry goes <laughs> to do that, and they find he finds out about this special section for, as the general manager says, oh. villains, suicides, Gentiles from mixed marriages, people Jesus who can't be buried Christ. on consecrated uh, Jewish burial grounds. And... <laughs> So this is the way Larry finds out that his mom had a tattoo on her right butt cheek. And so, as it says in Leviticus, you know, tattoos are against, you know, the I, I guess some this this reading of the Jewish faith. And so she cannot be buried in the uh, in the actual Jewish cemetery. And so Larry wants her moved, but there's absolutely nothing this guy can do. His, his hands are tied as far as yeah, being in a special says section or not. There's nothing I can do. The law is the law. Pretty sure this isn't illegal, my it's guy. Jewish law, I'd imagine, <laughs> whatever that's called. So at home, Larry is sort of meeting with his, his dad and cousin Andy, and they're talking about this special section. Again, something that Larry had to find out from somebody else after you know after the fact. And his dad says that it was a post-wedding tattoo. They, I guess they each got their names tattooed on their asses. <laughs> so, so does that mean his dad has... Has his mom's name on his ass? I'm thinking, yeah, that's okay. that's what I yeah. Uh, Cheryl comes in with so uh, I'm I'm gonna call it crudite, which is a word I just learned because I'm in Pennsylvania and it it's a it became a huge buzzword in the political <laughs> season that is going on here right now. I I would have called this a veggie tray, but they are certainly rich enough to be calling it crudite. 
makes me uh that that whole crudite discourse makes me think of any time i bring up the word charcuterie to uh, <laughs> my my dad and brother like oh you mean a meat and cheese tray like yeah <laughs> <Meat> yeah <cheese. laughs> yeah crudite charcuterie um, yeah, Cheryl <laughs> meat, comes meat in. Meat and cheese and veggies, veggies. Yeah, Cheryl comes comes in with crudite. See, I don't know whether it's a crudite or whether it's just, I think it's just crudite. Oh, would anyone like crudite? Yeah, I think that's the way I'd say it if I was asking. Uh, but I would call it a veggie tray, but I would, I would, I would not put the article in front of crudite. <laughs> but uh, they're having dinner. <laughs> this to me was, this cracked me up when <laughs> Andy asked what's for dinner and she's like, oh, turkey. Uh, turkey, And Andy's like, nah, I had that for lunch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was hilarious. And Cheryl's like, uh, Cheryl doesn't know what to do with that information. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, uh, that's not a me problem there, bud. Yeah, yeah. And so she starts like, all right, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave. Um, and Andy's like, oh, I'll take whatever you got. And Cheryl's like, oh. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm glad, you know, because you were going to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take whatever yeah. you got. <laughs> Richard okay. Kind so turkey is it is then, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Richard Kind is so funny. Nah, I had turkey for lunch. <laughs> uh, so, but, and that leads to a, a discussion, an argument between Larry and Andy about the fact that there's no good Chinese food in LA. All the good Chinese food is in New York. And I could not believe that. Uh, you know that Andy would take that stance, knowing that uh, Los Angeles, first of all, is closer to China than New York mm-hmm. City, and also has a thriving Asian community, as far as I know, and uh, a large, uh, you know, Chinatown section as well. It, and it's not like a touristy one. It's where I think a lot of Chinese settled uh, when they came to America and stuff like that. Um, I did look it up though, and amazingly enough, and I don't know how this happened, but. The first people, I guess, who became Chinese Americans arrived in New York a few years, maybe like a decade before they arrived in L.A. I was kind of surprised so about weird. that. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of kind of shocked uh, about that. But I, I did look it up, and um, Larry pulls the guys aside, like into that little back office that we're sometimes in, and he's like, "All right, here's my plan. I'm going to pay off the grave digger, and we'll move our mom." to the regular cemetery, to the grave that we paid for uh, her to get. And they, the, the other two guys are kind of tentative about the plan, but they, they, they agree to go along with it. At Richard Lewis's house, he's meditating with Larry's mantra when he's interrupted by a phone call from Larry, interestingly enough, calling to get his mantra back. I was <laughs> under the impression that they were both going to use it anyway, but I guess you can only use it one one at a time. I, I guess. I don't know what would stop them from from both using it. Yeah. It's not I, It's not a physical possession. Yeah. Again, I don't know the rules. I, I know, I guess everyone's is supposed to be different. It's like, I guess that's it, one rule. Maybe it's we like need to me look this calling up. you up and saying, "Hey, Tim, are, are you thinking about fire trucks right now? Can, can you stop? Because I want to think about fire trucks. I, we we can't great, both be thinking about fire trucks." That is a great analogy. I think it's apt as well. Um, but I'm going to write down meditation mantras and and see uh, if I can find any rules. And maybe let's see. I'm going to put in uh, tattoo religion rules too. Maybe do a shallow dive on those. By the way, I this joke may be a little racist, but the line, what are you, some kind of East Indian giver, yeah. was pretty fucking funny. Uh, it's like, ooh. I mean, <laughs> I hate that it had to use an old racist saying in order to exist, <laughs> but I mean, it was funny. But, but, <laughs> but, but, like... throwing, but throwing East Indian into it is... <laughs> it, it's clever. I will Actually, give it that. There you go. There you go. That's, that's the word I was looking for. God, I don't know what's going on with my brain. I can't think of But yeah, <laughs> it's just, it was just clever. And it might come back around to not being racist because it's not referring to Native Americans as Indians anymore, which is racist. It's referring to Indians as Indian, which is not racist. That so is true. I think this is the that only is non-racist use of that term. <laughs> you know, you might be onto something. <laughs> 
I just I, I was like, that's almost too witty for this show. It almost feels written, which feels against the ethos of this show, but I didn't mind because it was because it was so clever. You're an East Indian giver. It's almost like the whole storyline was written around that joke just so they could use that oh joke. Oh my god. God damn it. Uh, okay, here's where the scene becomes problematic for me. When Larry suggests splitting it, Richard Lewis thinks that'd be gay. Yeah, what <sighs> What people might think we're homosexuals if we share a mantra. What Richard says it strikes him as being a tad homosexual. Come on, what thinking about (laughs) the same thing? If we were thinking about fire trucks at the same time, Ted, that'd be gay. Oh, (laughs) um, yeah, I I thought that was a very weird turn. I think they should have done another cut where that's not Richard's problem with it, and just think of something better. Just do better. Uh, yeah <laughs> but larry that's, does that's real bad that's real bad <laughs> larry does drop well you know my mom died and so <laughs> i was you know and L- richard lewis relents immediately that just trumps any gayness that he might feel about having to give up his mantra uh that he got so yeah larry larry gets his mantra back uh cheryl comes to bed she's exhausted and she just wants to go right to sleep but larry has something else in mind he wants to get it on and he starts initiating sex, but Cheryl turns him down because she's so tired. And it's at that point that Larry gets a l- very morose and says, well, you know, I've just been having a tough time recently with my mom. Dying. Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, and no. that works. And uh, and the lovemaking commences. Yeah. So it's, it's just everything's coming up Larry uh, since his mom died. He's able to use it. For to get out of everything and to get into certain things as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> In the graveyard, Larry uh, pays off the gravedigger, and the gravedigger says, all right, bring some friends to help, 8 o'clock tonight. He, oh, yeah. You saw the, the wad of cash that Larry gives the gravedigger. Does he give him the wad, or does he give him the two bills he takes out of the wad? I was wondering that, too, because if you're going to bribe somebody, don't show them how much money you have to give them. Yeah. Also, like, if if he's giving him the wad, why is he taking two bills out of the wad? (laughs) What what, what does he need two bills for? That's why I think he gave him just the two little bills. I mean, I I was trying to pay attention to that, too, and it doesn't look like he hands him the whole wad. But if I'm the gravedigger, I go, nah, it's not enough. Because I see that you have a wad of cash. Yeah, like if you show me that you have fucking five hundred dollars and you give me forty, yeah. I'm gonna be like, mm, nah, I need a little more. Yeah, no, I uh, that's not gonna do it. Sorry, I can't help you. <clears throat> and like you know, it's about money. Make it about money. Uh, later on, Larry, his dad, Andy, and Jeff all show up and they start digging. We get a we get a little digging montage where there was dialogue happening. But I guess maybe it wasn't funny enough or something for the show because <laughs> they definitely are talking to each other. But but it's it, just music. Yeah, the I know music at one is playing. Point, Larry over. Larry gets uh, dirt thrown in his face. Yeah, Andy chucks a big hunk of big shovel full of dirt in Larry's face, and it, the montage does end in a funny way with Larry. The one phrase you can see is that he tells Jeff at one point to shut the fuck up. That's how the montage ends, and you can read Larry's lips deliberately like shut the fuck up (laughs) which i thought was a funny way to end it a silent shut the fuck up uh back at home larry uh showers after digging a grave and begins meditating using his jaya montage but richard lewis pops by unexpectedly and says that he met somebody who told him what the mantra means and it means fuck me (laughs) and so he's upset that he's been repeating this for hours and hours and hours and larry uh that that Larry gave him the mantra, fuck me. Although, I would argue that's a good mantra. Because I think, I don't know the purpose of of transcendental meditation or any meditation, but I think part of it would be to center yourself in your place in the cosmos, which is fuck me. Yeah, kill your ego. Yeah. You know, uh, like check all that at the door. Ah, fuck me. I yeah. don't matter. You know, realize, yes, realize that you in the grand scheme of things do not matter. Like yeah. the universe. It, it's not yeah. bad. It's not a bad mantra to it's have. A, it's a pretty great mantra, I think. Yeah. Now I wonder like how many people are using this as their real mantra to this date. Free mantra. Free yeah. mantra. You don't have to pay anybody for it. Yeah. I, I think it's a great mantra, but Larry, but Richard Lewis just ain't ready for it yet. Not ready. 
the next morning, Larry and Cheryl's breakfast is interrupted by a knock at the door, and it's the police with the grave digger who points to Larry. Yeah. Before we before we get uh, wrapped up with this scene, I want to point out the beginning of the scene. Larry and Cheryl are out on that porch that we've only seen like twice. Yeah. Uh, they're they're eating breakfast and they're listening to the birds. And Larry says that it would be nice to be deaf so that he wouldn't have to hear the birds. It's I, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I <laughs> laughed my ass off at that too. He's like, you hear the birds? He's like, sometimes I wonder. You almost feel like he's going to say something profound. Like he's so yeah. happy to be on this earth. But he's like, sometimes I, I try to think about what it would be like to be deaf and not to be able to hear the birds. And then he yeah, goes... Um- Oh, yeah, almost, almost like, oh man, what, what a tragedy that would be. That, that's yeah. the direction you think he's taking it. But he goes, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that. I wonder if that was straight out of his stand-up because that's something I would laugh at. If I mean, that's just too funny. It's not bad. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so, so back to back to the police and the grave digger. Uh, yeah. break, breaking down the door, trying to get at Larry. Yeah, and it, so the the grave digger points out Larry that that's the guy who gave me the counterfeit bill. The, the cops are like, you've been passing bad bills around town, and Larry accidentally had it was a big wad of movie money from the Scorsese movie because he asked for more every time I throw every time I throw in the money at the guys I run out. <laughs> so he accidentally gave them movie money, and he's being dragged out by the cops, and he tries one more time. My mother died. God. But even that does not work. And as he is being dragged out the door, he's yelling, Jaya! Jaya! Jesus. <laughs> and Frolic starts playing, and that is the end of the episode. Uh, I I um I, I don't know how he still had the movie money on him. Like there's no there's no prop master collecting it at, at the end of the take. Um yeah. he's not was he wearing still his own wearing, pants. Yeah, was he wearing his own pants <laughs> yeah. for for the for the movie? Yeah, Martin couldn't afford a wardrobe for this. Yeah, Ma- legendary director Martin <laughs> Scorsese couldn't afford a prop master or a wardrobe director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, I mean, the, the, even and the audio guy must have gotten fired too because that stopped. Oh working. God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a fucking shit crew on whatever movie this is. Maybe this movie's not going to be any good. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wonder we never saw this movie in real life. <laughs> All right, well, uh, what do we got for homework this week? Uh, tattoo religion rules and meditation mantra rules. See what we can okay. find out about those. Ooh, we're going to have a lot of rules yep. up top. All about the uh, rules. Ne- next week. All right, what do you like for cover art this week? <sighs> Maybe everybody digging the grave might be good. Although it might be too dark. Mm. Larry's like little uh, head, you know, head-to-head with... His dad and Andy on the couches. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe him with the hair on the rooftop. It has nothing to do with the episode, really, but oh, it's a funny maybe. shot of Larry. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah something like that. Would it, yeah. yeah, what are you thinking? Anything? I, uh, I'll, I don't know. I'll make one of those work, I think. I, I, those are all very, very good ones. What was HBO's? Was it someone's giant? I feel like it was someone's giant face again. I think it was. I think it was uh, Martin Mar- Scorsese. Yeah, it, it was Martin Scorsese. God. So it, it's uh, that's a couple <laughs> in a row where we've had a very inconsequential guest cameo as <laughs> as like the cover art on HBO. Joan Rivers, Paul Reiser, Martin Scorsese. I think I'm forgetting somebody. Oh well, not well. Brad wasn't a huge guest star, but it was Brad's giant face on one of mm-hmm. them. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable HBO. Do better. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had Larry receives bad news, but it offers him an excuse to turn down some unappealing invitations. I mean, it gets him out of more than just being invited places. I mean, you could say, yeah. well, you are invited into a it, conversation. Like it gets nah, him his mantra back. Yeah, it, it gets him it sex. Gets him, it gets him sex. Yeah. yeah. So I don't like that part of it, but I like I like the underselling of Larry gets some bad news because the news is undersold to Larry even, you know. So I'm fine with that part. Larry gets some bad news that he that he turns to his advantage or something like that that he uses to his advantage. Does that make sense? Is that anything? Yeah, yeah I, I think it, it it simplifies it well enough because that that's that's what happens. Larry receives some bad news that he uses to his advantage. I love it. 
Okay. I love it. Yeah. Now, Tim, did you like this episode? I think it's pretty obvious that I, I really enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I, I have to give it a full star. It was I, I, I was enjoying it in the moment, but I had an even better time talking about it. And to me, that's a great episode. Mm-hmm. That it, it got even funnier as I was recollecting it. So um, it, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes like, man, I thought that was funny, but now that we've dissected it, I, I don't like it anymore. But yeah, you know, some, I, sometimes it, uh, it goes in reverse. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, so I, I had to give this a full star. I don't know if it's as good as Chet's shirt. I'll have to revisit that later. But for now, we're at, we're at a full star. What okay. about you? Now, see... I uh, I had originally given uh, Chet's shirt, the the season three premiere, a star low. Yes. And we had gone this entire run through <laughs> the season three so far without me giving a full star to anything. Season three has been pretty lackluster for me, mm-hmm. at least by, by my tastes. That streak ends today. Whoa. Getting a getting a full star today with uh, with the special section the the first first episode that I like absolutely loved in season three, fantastic, two stars it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so next week we have got season three episode seven, the corpse sniffing dog, original air date October twenty seventh two thousand and two. Wondering if this is going to be our our Halloween episode. Oh, Maybe. Corpses, yeah. Maybe. Uh, but if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see at dinner with the Broadies, Larry ponders a ridiculous question with predictable results. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Ted, uh, let's predict the results right now. <laughs> I don't uh, think I can. I mean, what? Everybody hates Larry. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, everyone thinks Larry's a dick. Um, the, the the question, I think, is going to be, uh, I don't know, they, they run into like a canine, you know, like a, a, a police dog. Yeah. And he wonders, oh, how good are their noses? Can they, can they actually sniff out corpses? And that, that's the ridiculous question. And then the predictable result is the dog sniffs out a corpse. I don't know. It's. It's a very bad premise for what sounds like it's going to be a very bad episode. We'll see. I hope I hope we're just setting our hopes <laughs> low and it and it blows us away. But yeah, cuz I don't remember anything about this episode. Um although judging by the cover art, I think it might have to do with Oscar. Uh Jeff's new dog. Oh, oh, okay. Because I think it's I think it's Larry and Sammy in the cover art on HBO. Yeah, I, that's one small memory that I have, but I don't know. Maybe Oscar it's used to be only, a corpse sniffing dog. It's the only dog. dog in the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess we'll find out next week uh, what you know. I can't predict, but so that's what we're <laughs> going to watch the episode for. <laughs> um, and is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallwell. Be good. Be good.